strong, strong um, worship of this morning, of this great Easter Sunday. As you know, I live in Victoria, and um, I commute um, back and forth each week on the ferry just because I love traveling on the ferry so much. We've lived in Victoria since 1980. And now and again, if you're sitting in Victoria, sitting at home, maybe you're um, reading a book, watching TV, or snoozing in your favorite chair, um, and then you begin to hear some cups and saucers just begin to rattle. Maybe some books begin to shake. And you kind of tighten your grip on the arms of your chair. If you're in the bathtub... You'll see the surface of the water just begin to move a little. If you're outside in a garden, you'll feel the solid ground just begin to shake and roll a little bit. For a second you wonder what's going on. And then you realize, we've been there a number of times, then you realize, this is the beginning of an earthquake. If it stops in a few seconds, you're alright. But if it doesn't, this is the coming of what they'll call the big one, which is the one that we've been warned about in Victoria that's coming sometime soon. We're told to be prepared for it. So in our home, um, Harriet, who's very diligent about these things, um, more so than I am, we have earthquake readiness kits. You know that? We've been told if the big one strikes Victoria, you are on your own for three days. Do not expect any help from anybody. Emergency services, police, fire, ambulance, anything like that for three days. The airport's probably gone because the, the runways are all broken up. Most of the roads will be broken up. You're on your own for three days. So in some large plastic, big plastic containers in our, in our um, house, in our garage, we have camping gear, we have a couple of tents, we have blankets, we have matches, we've dried food, we've got work gloves for picking up um, glass and debris, got sleeping bags. But now and again I realize that they're all piled in the corner of the garage and the house is on top of that. <laughs> so, if the house goes down, guess where all this stuff is? You ain't going to get there. It was 4.53 in the afternoon. January the 12th, 2010. Eight miles beneath the surface of what was already the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, something moved. Something shifted. And Haiti experienced an earthquake of over 7.0 magnitude. 200,000 people lost their lives. 3 million people were affected. Port-au-Prince, the capital city, was all but destroyed. And much of that city is not yet, much of that country is not yet being rebuilt. Its infrastructure is not in place. That's sad. We have four stories, incredible stories of the life and ministry of Jesus. We call them Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
And every one of those Gospels in its own perspective as it looks at the life of Jesus has gathered up all the details of his life, but every one of them heads to the same place to finish. They all head for the crucifixion and the resurrection in their own powerful way. That's the climax of each story. That's the point of each Gospel. In fact, the Gospel of Mark is almost half given to the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's what everything is leading up to. So Matthew, who writes out of this Jewish context and perspective, wants to get to the resurrection story at the very end. And he starts it with this very, very simple statement. He says, there was a violent earthquake. There was a violent earthquake. It's Matthew's way of saying to us in his gospel, up to this point, everything that you thought in your life was stable and fixed. What you thought was solid ground and would never move. What you thought you could put your feet on and it would be permanent and unchanging. Suddenly all of that shifted in this earthquake. It's Matthew's way of saying to us, up to this point we assumed that the physical world, what you could touch and see and hold in your hands, all of that was real. That was reality. But then something moved. And the line between what was physical and spiritual, what was physical and metaphysical, were not as far apart, in fact, as they once were. In fact, they almost changed places in terms of importance. It is Matthew's way of saying to us, something happened deep in that tomb that affected and changed everything about life. In his earthquake. And so there's to be in our lives a psychological, a spiritual experience about to take place which is as shattering as an earthquake more than a momentary tremor that I've been through I don't know how many times but something that will challenge and change all of our normal assumptions Matthew's saying the very ground under your feet will need to shift this resurrection earthquake this Easter earthquake as we'll call it this morning is to change our thinking about God he is now the God of the impossible I get annoyed, you know, people, when they ask me, you know, what I do in my work life or whatever, I say I'm a pastor. Some of them never quite know what to do with that. And they say, well, now again I go visit a church and I'll go talk to the big guy upstairs. That really annoys me. Because the Bible doesn't call him the big guy upstairs. The Bible calls him creator, king, judge, lord of history. Jesus invites us to meet him as our father. But now even all of that shifts in this earthquake. Do you know that over 30 times in the New Testament, God is declared as the one who raised Jesus in bodily form from the dead. Let's not forget that. That's the message of Easter. That God raised Jesus in bodily form, not just a spirit. But he raised him in bodily form from the dead. And he now becomes the God of the impossible. Because that has not happened before. And so we need an earthquake in our thinking about who this God truly is. We need often to be shaken up. He's the God who could raise Jesus from the dead. And so one day he will raise us up from the dead. The line between the physical and the metaphysical is blurred. And God can move easily from one dimension to the next. If we begin to realize this, that would be an Easter earthquake that would change and transform all of our lives. This Easter earthquake changes our thinking about the cross. 
You see, before the earthquake happened, the cross was, well, the cross was tragedy. The cross was darkness. The cross was the end of the story. The cross was the triumph of evil in the hands of wicked men and people. Something that ought not to happen. The cross was the victory of sin and death. But after the earthquake, the cross changes and it becomes a place of triumph. A place of glory. A stupendous beginning. Now instead of the triumph of evil, the cross now becomes the defeat of evil. We've been singing about that. It becomes the place where we overcome. It becomes the plan of salvation for our world. Easter Sunday is what transforms Good Friday. And so there needs to be an upheaval in our thinking about the meaning of what happened on the cross. Every earthquake begins really deep in the bowels of the earth. Some of those tectonic plates shift. Something that has always been fixed now moves. And what happens in the depths reverberates all the way to the surface of the earth and we feel the earth move. So somewhere deep in a place where we do not see and where we cannot go. Jesus and Satan, they had met once before in the wilderness and tested each other's strength in a jousting match of will and allegiances. Jesus and Satan now meet again. For a final time, light and darkness were going to fight it out. Truth and error were to duel like sparring partners. Faith and doubt become locked in a wrestling match. And death and life are wrestled in a competition of cosmic proportions and with eternal consequences. You know what the Apostles' Creed says? The church doesn't often say that. Some Sundays we need to. It says he was crucified, dead, and buried. Do you know what the next phrase is? He descended into hell. Think about that. It says, and he descended into hell. He descended into a place where we cannot go to fight a final battle for ourselves. And the victory that Christ has won over us over death caused something we do not want but it caused something to shift deep in the bowels of the earth and so Matthew says there was an earthquake resurrection has got to change our thinking about the cross it's the doorway to victory and entrance into life a, a bridge now between earth and heaven and it's got to change our thinking about the world at large um, like everyone else in those days in Matthew 2000 years ago and like many people today The earthly disciples lived under the power and the control of material, physical things. Things that could be touched. Things that could be seen. Things that could be handled. They're assumed to be the very real things. Those are the real things. That's reality after all. Mountains and rocks, the ground, all of this are now the solid certainties of life. Things that we cannot see are assumed by many people to be less real. But at Easter, that all changes. The earth shakes and the ground moves and the entrance to the solid rock tomb opens up. Shut doors can be passed through. All of the material world melts away and what is spiritual now becomes what is changeless and timeless and real. The earthquake, you see, is to change our outlook and what is really important. 
The last song we were singing, I was intrigued by one of the phrases. Never really noticed it before. But it says that Christ alone is the solid ground. We think mountains and earth and roadways and asphalt and concrete are the solid ground. That song says to us and reminds us, Christ alone. He's the solid ground for your life and my life. It means for us that our relationship with God and personal relationships of truth and love becomes the things that are really permanent in our lives. That's what's worthy of our best efforts. So imagine one day, as you sit in your house in Victoria, the initial shaking doesn't stop. It keeps on rolling. And in a few minutes, we find that everything we thought was important in life and we were holding on to has changed. Houses are now in ruins. My earthquake readiness kit is under tons of rubble. Never going to find it again. Roads are broken up. And as we crawl out of the rubble, we suddenly find ourselves asking different questions. What was important a few minutes ago? Watching our television program, getting our meal ready, getting dinner ready. All the things that we thought were important a few minutes ago, now are suddenly changed. Getting to some appointment, finishing a task, washing dishes. That's not important anymore. All that has suddenly changed. And we're now asking ourselves deeper questions. Am I still alive? We ask about the people we love. What about our children? We're thankful for them. We're thankful that we're still alive. Do you understand how our lives would be changed in those seven or eight seconds? And that's the point of the resurrection earthquake. It is to change how we view things. It is to redefine in our lives what is really important. It is to redefine for us what matters and what does not. It is to lift our eyes from the immediate up to the eternal. Paul says that for us in Corinthians. He says, there's far more to life here than meets the eye. You understand that? There's far more to life here than meets the eye. The things that we see now are here today, but Paul says, gone tomorrow. But the things that we can't see will not last forever. I think for most of us, it takes, it needs, some kind of an earthquake to get us there. Two of our young ladies who were baptized this morning talked about a death in their family circle of someone that they know and they loved. You know what? And I don't remember who you are. I'm sorry. Who was that? Two of you did. You did and you did. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. You know what? That was an earthquake in their lives. That's where the ground of their family shifted. Something happened in their family circle. That they said, i got to think deeply about who God is and what he's doing. I hope this Easter, this Easter weekend, you would invite God to cause a personal earthquake to happen in your life. To change your understanding about who He really is. About what happened on the cross. And to give you a whole new perspective. But what is real. And what is valuable. And what is lasting. And what is eternal in your life. So if you're ever in Victoria, come out of our house sometime. And... If when you're there, the earthquake happens, don't worry. 
We have earthquake kits. But we'll never reach them. But what is important is that we trust in God and in Christ. And He is the solid ground. Amen?